the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You are listening to the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Greer. Today, we will hear a classic message that we believe will be a blessing to you. Our goal is to teach God's Word in a way that compels you to live a life that overflows and blesses others. Let's get started. Father, we thank you for your word that shall not return unto you void, but it will accomplish your purposes. We endeavor today to lift you up. And uh, Father, you know, I'm going to talk, you're going to teach. Holy Spirit, do what you do, and we'll give you all the honor for what you accomplished as we minister here today. In Jesus' name we pray. We all say Amen. Luke chapter 18, beginning with the first verse. And Jesus told them a parable to the effect, very seldom does the Lord explain a parable before he tells it. But this parable was so important that he didn't want to leave any room for misunderstanding. So even before he told the parable, he explains it. And Jesus told them a parable to the effect, that men ought to always, or they ought to always pray and not what? Lose heart. Now, what's going to be the challenge when you're praying for something or believing God for something, according to this passage? Losing heart. So he, he, uh, the Holy Spirit moved upon the master, and uh, these words came out of his mouth, such that we would have a testimony or, or a record or or teaching such that we can understand in the midst of, of challenges, confrontation, etc., we are not to lose heart. We're not to what? Give up. Two, he said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected men. Like many judges in the ancient world, and I, I, I've had the privilege of traveling the globe and also today in the developing world, and you know, some of our major cities here in the U.S., he was speaking of the judge that only honored the kickback. This was the judge that was only looking for the bribe. Justice was a, a soul to the highest bidder. This was the type of guy this gentleman was. And since this woman was a widow, and we could assume that by virtue of the fact she didn't have money to give him, uh, to bribe him, to uh, side with her uh, on her case, we can also assume that this woman probably didn't have any means as well. Scripture says that there was a what? Widow woman. So we see a contrast here. We see the strongest person in society, the judge, but also the weakest, this, this widow. And not only was she a widow, she, 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 she was, or not only was she a woman, she was a widow, which means she was the most vulnerable person that walked the planet at this particular time because a woman without a man 
was, 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 was a woman that could very easily be taken advantage of. It was just a very, very terrible situation. If you didn't have children or a younger son or, or a husband to take care of you, and it seems by virtue of her having to go to this judge that she was on her own. So, again, the epitome of, of, of vulnerability is, is, is seen in this woman here. Verse 3, and there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him. The idea that we can get results without taking action is absolutely foreign to Scripture. We just do not find it there. Scripture said, or did not say, let's watch what it said. She did not only pray, but she what? Kept coming. This woman put feet, put hands on her prayers. She kept coming and saying, now, what you say to yourself and others in the midst of crisis will often determine whether or not you come out. So pay attention to this woman. Give me justice against my adversary. Now, this woman had two problems. First, her adversary, which probably typifies the devil. The devil, our adversary, moves about like a roaring lion. But secondly, this evil judge. So we see here that the deck was stacked against this widow. And verse 4 says, for a while, he refused. But this woman stood her ground. You seldom win a boxing match in the first round. Scripture says, for a while. Now, you know the story of, of, of the narrative of Moses dealing and facing the, the magicians. What happened? The first couple times, the devil matched them. Remember, his rod turned into a snake, and what happened to theirs? It did the same thing, but his swallowed it up. You know, he turned and all the blood, they did the same. And, and the devil was able to follow for a season. And by the way, the devil will be able to manipulate and, and do some things for a minute. But ultimately, it's he who endures to the end that shall prevail or, or be saved, the scripture says. For a while, he refused, but afterward. Afterward only comes after you have stood your ground. The devil's not just going to roll over because you joined church last Sunday and, and, and you, sung, you, you sung a hymn and, and maybe you prayed a prayer. He's not just going to roll over. He's a real devil. He's going to resist you with all the power in him and all that's within his hands. But afterwards, after the woman stood, he said to himself, you know, sometimes, you know, folks that don't know God are more honest about their, their condition than folks that do know him. But he was honest, at least, about the type of man he was. He says, though I neither fear God nor respect man, this guy was a monster. He was literally the worst type of man you'll ever meet. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. And this man had no sensitivity of conscience. It was all about the bride. But then in verse 5, he says this, yet because... This widow keeps bothering me. If you're not bothering somebody, you're probably not doing anything for God. But because this widow keeps, it wasn't a momentary thing. It was a steady trip. This woman didn't have much, but she did work that which she did have. Are you hearing me? Yeah, because this widow keeps what? Bothering me. One day, John Wesley was riding his horse. You know, he was a circuit preacher, and he, he got on his pony to go to the places he went. And for about three days, he hadn't been persecuted. Nobody said anything bad. No one threw a, a brick at him, a rock at him, or, or rotten eggs. And 
it dawned on him while he was traveling to this city that nothing had happened in a matter of days. Visibly upset, John Wesley got off his horse and got on his knees and began to pray, Lord, have I backslidden? Lord, show me where I've missed it. But on the other side of the bushes where he was praying, there was a man that heard him, didn't know who he was, but overheard his prayer. And right after Wesley got up, the man saw who he was and said, you are the Methodist preacher I hate. And immediately picked up a brick and said, man, I'm going to answer your prayer. (laughs) Threw it at John Wesley, missed, and fell harmlessly at his side. But then John jumped to his feet shouting, thank God it's all right. I still have the presence of God. Does God still make men and women like this today? Just a little bit of trouble, just a little bit of problem. Somebody hurts your feeling. I'm out of here. God, it's too hard. No, no, no. Not the men of old. And it ought not be the men and women of God today. Verse 5. Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice. Now this ungodly man eventually did the right thing, even though it's for the wrong reason, but he did the right thing. You see, I'm not responsible for people's motives. I don't know why people do what they do, but I am responsible to stand my ground and leave the rest to God. And this was how this woman handled her situation. The judge said, I will give her justice so that she will not Give me the beat down. Is that what it said? No, no. So that she will not beat me down. The Greek literally here means to blacken the eye. This little woman was fierce. Armed with only one weapon, perseverance, she spanked this judge like her own baby. We have more of an arsenal than we ever imagined if we just stand our ground. Scripture says after doing everything to stand, meaning there's a doing while you're standing. After doing everything to stand, then stand. Meaning that there's going to be a while of standing before you see the victory manifest. I believe it was to Moses, God says, stand still and see the salvation of our God. Now you would say stand still means doing nothing. No, no, he had to stand. You hear me? In, in the face of opposition, people looking at him like he was crazy. He had to do something. In Scripture, if you want victory, there's always a corresponding action. There's always something you must do in order to step into that victory. Did that make sense to you? Remember when the angel came to uh, Peter and broke his chains and set him free in the prison? Now, God did a wonderful thing. The, the saints were praying and, and God moved. But guess what? Peter still had to walk out of prison. Remember when an angel of God appeared to Paul and he said, listen, I'm going to save your life and everybody with you on this boat. A storm came, the boat broke up and God did save every single person on that ship. But guess what? They had to swim the shore. How many of you know that Jesus was risen from the dead or rose from the dead? But the only way God could miraculously raise him from the dead, he had to die dead. Do you hear what I'm saying? He had to face the cross. There was no resurrection without Jesus dying. And unless you take your post and position and stand, you will not see the miracle of God. A lot of folks are praying for the lost. I believe you should. That's a good thing to do. Pray God opens the eyes of their understanding. Bind demons and the rest. But at some point, you got to share the gospel. 
If all you're doing is praying for people but not telling them the truth, you're not operating in biblical principle. How many of us would have liked God to say, you know what, the earth is having some problems. Father, I'm going to stay here in heaven. I'm going to pray for the people. No, God became a man. Emmanuel walked amongst us. And then imagine if Jesus said, you know what, I really care for people, but you know what, I don't want to do that dying thing. Uh, I'm going to just pray for them. No, no, he had to die on that cross. Imagine if Paul said, you know what, I really care about reaching the nations and, and impacting Europe and, and, and Asia, but you know what, Lord, I'm just, I'm just going to go and, and bombard the, the gates of heaven. I'm just going to pray. No, 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 no. He had to put on his sandals. He had to walk the sandy shorts. He had to go. And only where he went was the gospel spread. Faith without works is dead. The judge says, so that she will not beat me down by her what? Continual, her what? Continual coming. Prayer to God alone did not change this judge. Her continual coming did. 20% of my prayer life is asking God to change things. But the, the vast majority, the lion's share of my prayer life, at least 80%, is, Lord, tell me, show me what I need to do. Lord, show me what I need to say. If you are praying instead of doing, you've missed the gospel message. I pray that I know what to do, but I don't pray instead of doing. Imagine if I say, Lord, I pray that my wife knows I love her, but I don't kiss her, don't spend time with her. But Lord, I'm praying that soften her heart, God, make our relationship like, but I don't do anything to invest in her, to, to, to enlarge our relationship. What sense would that make? Many of us, that's the approach we're making. We pray for our kids, but when's the last time you had a conversation? We pray for, for this and that, but, but when's the last time you had the guts and the gumption? To stand up and put your finger in somebody's face and say, you know what it's going to be, just the way I said. I demanded and I'll settle for nothing less. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says. Now, what's amazing here is God holds our hand through this entire parable. At the beginning or the outset of the parable, he tells us what the parable is about. And then in the middle of the parable, he tells us exactly what we're to focus on. So let's do what Jesus said. He said, hear what the unjust judge said. So pay attention to it. This is what he said. Yet because this widow keeps what? Bothering me. It doesn't say this woman was rude, but it does say she was relentless. And some things in life you will only get if you go after it. Yet because this widow will not back down. Because this widow keeps standing her ground, because this widow keeps getting in my face, because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice. Everybody, and I don't know if this is your experience, but everybody doesn't listen to reason. How many of you got some people like that in your life? Some things are only going to happen because you choose to put your foot down. And until you put your foot down, it will not stop. If you don't use your authority, it will be used against you. What you tolerate is the very thing often that's beating you down. It's not the devil. It's what you're not confronting. It's what you're not addressing in life often that's causing the trouble. You say, my kids are bad. My kids are sideways. Well, tell them to turn off that TV. I mean, the power's within your hands. Now, do this within reason. Please don't misunderstand me. But if they're watching things that are poisoning their minds and they're coming home with crazy attitudes, you still have a level of authority. Use it lovingly, 
wisely, graciously, but use your authority. See, there, there's something, I, I pray for my children, but 90% of the time, I talk to my children. I pray for what to say, but again, if, if your attitude is, Lord, I'm a prayer warrior and I'm just going to pray, but you don't develop relationships and, and do the legwork necessary for you to have influence, your prayer life is going to be a very, very frustrating thing. When I need Ephraim to do something in the office, I don't say, Lord, would you please move upon Ephraim's heart that, that he would design this thing properly? And, and, and Lord, move upon his heart that he might leave. I say, Ephraim, would you come to my office? Ephraim, this is what I need to do. Ephraim, I like this. I don't like that. But many of us, we're so, sh- I mean, we, we got such shriveled up, weak spirits. We don't address things. When people don't call me, you know, call me out of name, I don't respond. And if I don't like it, I say so. Are, are you hearing me? You say, well, well, that, that's, that's unkind. No, it's not. Speak the truth in love. He said, yet because this widow keeps bothering me. Are you bothering anybody? I irritate the heck out of certain people in my family. I know I do. And I do it because I love them. Now, I'm not intensely, you know, rude and crude and all the rest and just annoying people saying hallelujah all day. I'm not doing that. But I'm supposed to rub certain people wrong. It's, it's light and darkness. They just don't, you know. They, they. My job is to salt that person and make them hungry for what I got. So if I'm hiding my light, how am I going to do that? It's a, a city set on a hill that cannot be hid. It's a, a light you, you stick up in. I'm not ashamed of this light. This light is, is glorious. It's wonderful. Christ died that I might have it. I'm not ashamed of it. Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her what? Justice. So that she will not beat me down. That's literally there. By her continual coming. Here's a message, and you're probably going to hear it for a few weeks. It feels like I'm singing a song, same song kind of every Sunday, saying the same thing. But faith comes by hearing, and I want to keep saying it until you, you catch it. What the Lord's been saying to me is, son, the same tenacity it took to get you where you are in life is the same tenacity it's going to take to get you where you're going. So you're going to have to rediscover that fire in your belly. You're going to have to start wanting it more than you've ever imagined. And, you know, the worst thing you can do, and we, we said this on New Year's, we said this the week before, and forgive me for being repetitious, but the reality is it just until we, we get it, God's not going to stop saying he just seems to be that way. He, he keeps saying the same thing over and over again until I do that which he says. But what God is saying is that, church, there has to be a fire in your belly. If you're just expecting everything to just fall out of heaven and everything just to fall in place, it never will. This earth, everything goes from, from, from well, actually, before we, we get a hold of it, it, often it's a mess, but everything goes from order to disorder. I mean, that's just the reality. You, you know, uh, you don't cut, you leave your house for just a few months without the grass getting cut. Weeds start getting overgrown. Just leave your house for too long. And, and, and all of a sudden, you know, uh, uh, the temperature, you know, if there's not heat and cold in it, the, the walls begin to crack and stuff begins to happen. Even if you have the, the heat and the air on, uh, critters can start showing up. All types of things, a pipe could break and, and what could have been fixed in, and just, you know, overnight, you know, after it sits for six or seven weeks, it could you see, in this world, if you don't establish order, there won't be none. 
And I've learned that life in the world is not so kind. And that unless I know what I want and put my foot down and, and guess, I'm not pushing people. I'm not doing that. But I do know what I want. And, and there's certain things I will not accept in my life. I will not accept my two boys beating on each other. I just won't have it. I won't accept my boys. I pull up their pants, by the way, every time they come in the house. But I, that, 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 you know, I can't, I can't beat that. But, but certain types of language. I have, sorry, we just don't do that here. You know, kids, I love you for you. But in this house, this is our culture. And you know, when, when you go to Spain, you speak Spanish. Right now, you're in our house. So you're going to speak a certain way. You're going to behave a certain way. You hear what I'm saying? But these are, it sounds like rules and like I'm some heavy. Not really, not really. The, the reality is the kids know what to expect. And because they know what to expect, and I'm very clear about what I want, they know exactly what to do and what not to do. Now, I don't know what they do at school. But I do know what they do at the house. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? If this unjust judge would eventually do the right thing, how much more would a loving and just God do what's right? James 2 and 14, let's go there. Real, real quiet Sunday, but I believe the truth of the scriptures will be a blessing to you. Now, James, a very loving, but a very, very tough pastor. Watch what he says. What good is it? Now, that doesn't strike us the way it would strike the people listening in the first century. But if you you put it in in modern day parlance, he's basically saying some of us are no good. What good is it? He puts it as a question, but it's really the the answer is some of y'all are no good. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith, but has no what? Your faith is not faith until it expresses itself in action. That man says he loves you, but after five years of dating, he will not marry you. Faith with not, without works is what? I'm a metal for a moment. Been living with that man or that woman for three years, but they don't want to marry you. Faith without works is dead. That's not love, that's baloney. What's the scripture that says, if you could get the cow for free, or you get the milk for free, what, buy the cheap? See, I'm messing up the scriptures, right? That's in the book of Derek, by the way. If you get the milk for free, why buy the cow? Jesus said it this way. Either make the tree good and its fruit good. You know the type of tree you're dealing with by the fruit it produces. You can give them all the verbiage and say all you want. I, I've learned not to listen to what people say, but watch what they do. I love you, but. See, the but is the problem. I'm for you, but. Always that but is the problem. Or make the tree bad and its fruit will be bad. Lady, stop listening to what the guy is saying. Watch what he does. For the tree is known by its fruit. Period. There's no question mark. If apples are on the tree, I know it's an apple tree. If there's a man showing that he's willing to commit uh, to me as a woman, you spell love, commitment. I don't know. We got, we, we, love is this, this, this funny thing, you know, feeling. I, I don't feel like I love you. Where do you get that nonsense from? Love is unconditional. I'm committed to you, baby, no matter what. Thick, thin, no matter what happens. Fat, skinny, you know, uh, 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 your hair in, your hair out, you know, gray, you know, balding, whatever. 
Love is commitment. You know, we, we get mixed up in our culture talking about, I don't feel like I love. Where do you get that from? In fact, you start acting like you love her, the feelings will follow. I'm not going to have any friends by the end of the service. <laughs> James 2 and 14. What good is it? Back to calling people no good. My brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works, can that type of ill-advised, misguided faith save him? No, it's the answer. Then he goes on, if a brother or sister, and by the way, you know, Christianity elevated the position of women in the ancient world. What he's saying here is contrary to the customs of that day. The suffering of a woman was put and mentioned alongside the suffering of a man. This was unheard of. But here, by the Holy Spirit, James says, if a brother or sister or sister is poorly clothed and lacking what? Daily food. Does James say everyone in his congregation drive a Mercedes and have a 5,000-foot home? No, no, no. That's not what he says. But he does say that every person in this church should be clothed or fed. It says, and if one of you says, go in peace, be warmed and filled without giving them the things they needed for their body, what good is that? He's basically saying you're good for nothing. How many of you got some people like that in your life? Yeah. How many of you are that person? Like I said, James is a loving guy, but he's tough. But, but you see, I used to have such people in my life because I, I thought that was loving until James began to correct me and James delivered me. If you surround yourself with people and if you are running after people that don't care about you, have no time for you, and it's only about them, it says more about you than it says about them. You could cry all you want about the brokenness of your life, but the real issue is the brokenness of your heart. So let yourself be used and abused in that way. This has been a classic edition of the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Greer, pastor of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. Our prayer is that this teaching from God's Word strengthens and inspires you to live a life bigger than yourself. So remember, you can access this message and much more for free at gracechurchva.org. And we also invite you to join the Grace Church family for service online by connecting on our website or on YouTube at Grace Church VA TV. That's our time for today. Until next time, remember, you have what it takes to live big. <laughs>